Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in a series we're doing called Do You Want to Get Well? And uh, you guys have heard about this for a long time now because I'm 23 weeks in. And uh, Doug, my son's been asking me lately, he said, when are you, you going to wrap this one up? I said, I don't know yet. I still got some things I got to say. So, uh, so it's, a, it's a long series. But it's not, I did a series once for 32 weeks, so I've still got some room to work in. Uh, so anyway. I have uh, things to say, and I still have things to say today. This series is, uh, has been about that question. I just think it's such a great question. Do you want to get well? It applies to every area of life. We all got um, places where we're stuck. And um, there's a whole you know, spiritual dynamic and battle behind the question. And I, I've told you about that, that, that God has life and wants you to experience real, full, and abundant life. And we have an adversary that tries to steal that life away. And, and oftentimes we get stuck in the familiar and, the, and it, we just get stuck there because it's familiar and we get used to it. It doesn't mean it's good, it's familiar. And, and that's what was happening with the guy that Jesus encounters when he asks that question. We have a guy who's been not well for a long time by a place of healing but never healed. Years and years and years and years go by. He's sort of become invisible to the world around him. Jesus sees him and asks him the question, do you really want to get well? Do you want to get well? And what he's saying is, look, are you willing to change? Are you willing to to do something different? Are you willing to, to, to make changes in your life, to, to live God's way uh, instead of, you know, the kind of way that you're living? Are, are you, will you have faith? Will you trust in who God is? And that this is, this is the process, and, and it's really the question that we ask in every area of life um, that, that keeps popping up. Do you want to get well? Do I want to get well in this area of life, or, or am I content to kind of live just not quite where I should be living, to experience the full and abundant life? that God has for me. And then if, if I'm not willing to do it, why? And, and you know, I've said a lot of times, it's just because we're being tricked by our adversary who's very good at tricking people. And, and we sort of buy the lie sometimes. And then we're missing out on the life that we could have. That's been the foundation of the study. And we looked at, you know, how we understand what those lies look like and then how we really plug into Jesus so we, we, we're more aware of what's going on. We spent weeks and weeks and weeks talking about that. Over the last four or five weeks, I started talking about um, the importance of encouraging well. That as people who say yes to that question as often as we can, do you want to get well? Um, that, that we are then to, um, like Jesus did, extend that question to other people in an encouraging way. Um, that, that it's a great question of encouragement, that there's hope to be found. And, and then we've looked at encounters that Jesus has had with lots of different people and how he sees them and sees the beauty of their potential and how he hears them and how he speaks life into them and how their lives are changed because of these encounters. That's what we've been talking about um, over the last three or four part weeks of this, this whole series. And, uh, and you know, that, that because we've been encouraged by him, that, that we're to encourage others. And we've looked at scriptures to talk about that. And to encourage means to put courage into... and. I've said that we're to put courage into people to say yes to that question, do you want to get well, and break free from the lies and the deceptions and the familiarity of a life that's really not good for us. And so that's what we've been talking about with encouraging well. This weekend, I want to talk about encouraging well uh, as, as part of this whole process, but I'm going to talk about um, how important it is for us to persevere, to, to keep pressing on, um, in, in this whole thing, that unless we are people who persevere and press on um, and, and understand what it is to be encouraged, we'll never encourage others well. 
So in doing that, if we can, I want to run a little video. And some of you might have seen this last week, but it's a, it's a neat little video, and it works for this weekend because we're doing this run and everything. So get ready on the sound, and when you're ready, run the video. Of course, that's the closest I'm going to see a trophy is <laughs> the big one I ripped out of Georgina's arms in the making of that video. Um, and we did that because it's funny and, and we were having some fun. But uh, uh, see, it's, it's important to persevere. Like, um, I remember a race I was in one time and, and when the race started, um, immediately I was like one of the last one of the runners in the group and it was really embarrassing. Uh, you know, I was dead last. And the, the guy who was second to last, the guy right in front of me, he kind of... He thought it was funny that I was last, and he was kind of mocking me, and he, he sort of making fun. He said, hey, buddy, how's it feel to be last? And so I, so I said, you really want to know? And, 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 uh, and so then I just quit. <laughs> That's funny, right? That's funny, yeah. Um, <laughs> you thought I was going to just run and pass him and everything, but now it's um, but no, so that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to quit, see, but we're going to persevere. Let's get the, our scripture reading days. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, great verse. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us throw off, uh, let us throw off everything that hinders and the, and the sin that easily entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And, and so today, first point in your notes, I want to talk about running the race. Running the race. And, and uh, I told you some weeks ago that with the, with the event happening this weekend, I would have to preach about racing and uh, running and whatever that looks like. So, so here we go. What does it look like to run the race? And Hebrews 12 tells us that we're, we're to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And, and uh, Paul's using an analogy from the games. Um, uh, when he was in Corinth, um, there was games there. The precursors to the Olympics would have happened right there on this isthmus by Corinth every two years. And so he was using it as an analogy that people would understand. And he, he talks often about people running the race and, and what that looks like. And that's where that analogy is coming from is he... He speaks these, these letters and he talks about these things. And so we're to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We're to, we're to keep pressing on to live the life we've been created for, a full and abundant now and forever life. But like the verse says, there's so many hindrances and entanglements. Sometimes it's just overwhelming and it's easy to get discouraged. And discouragement will keep you from engaging fully in the life that Jesus came to give us. And until we're honest about dealing with whatever it is that's discouraging us, we'll end up being insensitive, 
intimidating, or negligent because discouragement causes us to be self-focused and selfish instead of other-focused and selfless. We won't encourage well if we are discouraged. And, and so we, in order to persevere, we have to, we have to look at and deal with whatever it is that discourages us. And, and um, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get overwhelmed. It's, it's just unfortunate part of, of this life is that all these things seem to come and sort of try and ruin what we're doing. And, and how we process through that is significant in the kind of life that we're going to experience. And, and like I said, unless we figure out how to, how to persevere, how to press in, how to press on uh, in the midst of those things, then we'll, we won't be able to engage in the, the ministry that we're called to to encourage others. Because you won't encourage anyone if you're discouraged. You, you, you just won't. You, you, you tend to get completely self-focused, like I said. But we do have an amazing tool to defeat and overcome discouragement so that we can run the race marked out for us with perseverance. And you know what this amazing tool is? You're going to like this. I had to study hard for this one. Point A in your notes. Nikes. Nikes. You say, how can that be? Nikes. Well, I can show you how it can be. First John 5, 4 and 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The word victory in that verse is the Greek word for Nike. It says Nike right there in the Bible. One time it happens, there it is, Nike. That's where they got the word, means victory or success. And, and so the victory or success that overcomes the world, that overcomes the discouragement, is always found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. Nike's is the victory. Nike's is the key to what we need. So here's what happens with that. Point number two is that, that when you're discouraged, you need to know that Jesus wants to help you. He wants to help you. He wants you to have a full and abundant life. We've talked about that. But he's actively involved in helping you experience that life. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. That's the adversary. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. People that are stuck in the, in the traps of life, in the familiarity of life, in the lies and the deceptions. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus wants to help you. See, he, uh, I, don't, I don't think we often let that sink all the way in. Um, uh, some people get this really backwards, this whole process. Um, they think that in order to have a relationship with God, they need to get themselves fixed up first in their own strength. And the problem is you can't do that in your own strength. And, and whatever you do manage to accomplish in your own strength usually leads to a lot of false pride and causes you a whole other set of issues in the process. But Jesus, he wants to help you. And, and you just come to him in your brokenness and he'll help you. And, and he does that, and the, that verse alluded to it, but we'll, we'll cover it fully in point three. He does that, he wants to help you because he understands you. That's the third point. Jesus 
understands you. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He helps us when we have need. And, and he's there for us. And he's there for us because he gets us. He understands us. He lived this life. I mean, I don't think people let these ideas sink in all the time about Jesus. That, that he walked the earth. God, fully God came, fully man, fully God, Jesus walked the earth. He experienced what we experience. He, you read about the full range of emotion that Jesus underwent. He, he knew joy, he knew laughter, he knew sorrow, he knew pain, he knew suffering, he knew betrayal, uh, rejection, he knew it all. He experienced it all. He knows what it's like to be now, the difference is with Jesus, he never sinned, and we all have. But still, he gets us, he, and he gets what it's like to live in a broken world. He gets what that's all about. That's why he wants to help us. He, he, and sometimes I think we, we sort of get that, that uh, um, you know, that, that uh, Jesus is pointing a finger at us, telling us all the time, well, you're doing that wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing that wrong, oh, and, and that's just not how it is. He gets it. He gets you, and he wants to help you. The whole, the, the, you know, he came so that you could experience life. That's what he wants for you. He created you and he wants to spend eternity with you. And, and eternity starts when you come to know him and he wants to start getting involved in that process immediately. That doesn't mean we won't still go through things. Jesus went through things. It just means he'll, he'll help us. He wants to help. And sometimes we just don't stop and ask. Or, or we don't even think to ask. Or we just get so caught up in... In, in sort of the, the, the stress of it or the pressure of it or the fear of it or the anxiety of it or the worry of it um, that we, we miss sight of what's really going on and, and we miss the life that we can have. See, Jesus' fourth point takes, takes joy in you. And some of these people say, well, you know, I don't, I don't get it. Well, he, he takes joy in you. He, he delights in you. He likes you. He loves you. He, he knows all your mess and still wants to hang out with you. He's amazing that way. Hebrews 12, 2 uh, says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy set before him. Um, the, the thing that motivated Jesus to endure all that he went through, the, the, the pain and the shame of the cross, the, the reason that he came and lived among us, the, the reason that he allowed himself to go to the cross, his mission was that, that um, he would end up with something more than he had when he came. That's why Jesus came, um, that, that uh, something was missing that, that needed to be resolved. And, and that something that was missing was you. And I say that every now and again, but because I, 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 I just know that people don't take that in as deeply as they should. 
Jesus came for you. You were, you were his joy. He came, and, and you have to take that in personally. You can't just go, oh, yeah, corporately, yeah, okay. But, no, he came for you. Just for you. He'd have done it just for you. He came for you. Because you're his joy. He delights in you. And, 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 and you were the joy set before him. When he was enduring the pain and the shame of the cross, you, he was thinking about you and, and the joy that he would have with you forever. I mean, that's, that's the reality of that situation. That's why he did it. And, and you, it, when, when, you're, when you start to deal with things that discourage you, you need to allow yourself to just stop and think about um, who Jesus is and what he's done. And, and, and then focus on him. Since, since you're the, the, the focus of his joy, he signs such great joy in you, then you, you focus on him, that verse says, and then you find life in him. So let me encourage you to break out the Nikes, and he'll help you with, to run with perseverance the race marked out for you. Amen. Amen. Be encouraged. Jesus loves you so much, and he's for you, and he's with you, and he wants you to experience life now and forever. And so find life in him. That's where it is. If you're watching my video, thank you so much for watching. We appreciate you. We know how valuable your time is. And uh, if you're on television, if you need anything, go to our website and go to the prayer page. And shoot us a prayer request, and we'll certainly pray for you. You can call us. If you're ever in Big Pine, please come and visit. We're here like six times on the weekend. Seven times, six. I don't remember. A lot. We're here a lot. So come and be a part. And uh, we look forward to seeing you.